From bloated and tired to free and inspired, welcome to Free and Inspired Radio with Philip Watkins, your weekly dose of everything digestion and mental health related. We hope you enjoy this episode. Here is your host, Philip Watkins. Yes, yes. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Free and Inspired Radio. I'm your host, a naturopathic practitioner, Philip Watkins, and I'm grateful to have you with us today. If you're new to the show, well, the title says it all. It's all about feeling free and inspired and exploring the many different avenues you can take to get there, whether it's deep dives on digestion and mental health solutions or guests who offer their own stories and answers. I hope I can be the type of guide you can rely on to unlock the agency you have to reach your own mental and physical competency. Let's get started with what's coming up on today's episode. Coming up on this week's show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Episode 40, 4040 of Free and Inspired Radio. It's crazy that the show's almost a year old, would you believe? If you're a regular listener to the show uh, or you've just joined us, a big thank you once again. I hope you're finding the information about the digestive and mental health solutions in these episodes valuable. This week, we're going to be doing a, a beginner's guide to everyday herbs and supplements to help you sleep better, specifically to help you get to sleep and to stay asleep. Now, it's fair to say over the last 15 years, I've used herbal and nutritional medicine to treat many people who don't sleep, often, fortunately, successfully. You only need to experience poor sleep to understand just how the quality of your day falls apart just after one or two bad nights. In fact, nearly 40% of adults in the US with insomnia have either tried an over-the-counter medication or alcohol to induce sleep and almost one in four have used prescription medication or medicine at least once. So it gives you a sense of how quickly things can become relatively desperate when sleep starts to fall apart. Now, interestingly, although the prevalence of insomnia in Hong Kong is high, out of 4,500 people surveyed, only 40% of adults, 40%, episode 40, 40% is the theme here of adults and 10% of children and teenagers sought help to fix their insomnia in Hong Kong. It's a really small percentage of people. That's 60% of people or 6 out of 10 adults that were surveyed experiencing less than optimal sleep, but they're not doing anything about it or not feeling as if they have the right options to get some help. And this deficit highlights a need to help better. And sleep plays a role, well, because sleep plays a role in nearly every aspect of our daily function. If you're new to this, for example, metabolism, appetite control, and the functioning of our immune, hormonal, cardiovascular, and digestive systems are all influenced by how we sleep. So you could transfer that into pretty much your whole body, right? Whilst I try to take the opportunity in my free and inspired episodes to help you understand some of the origins of the digestion and mental health issues, in this episode, let's get straight to some of your herbal and supplemental options for poor sleep and the evidence behind them, which is also important because not everything helps everything. Certain things help better in certain situations. 
So as the years go by, our understanding of herbal medicine becomes more precise. And the way herbs influence our brain chemistry is an excellent example. To get a sense of how some herbs work, let's revisit some of the essential neurotransmitters in, or one of the essential neurotransmitters in the brain, and that's GABA. So gamma amino amino butyric acid or GABA is the primary inhibitory neurotransmitter. Its inhibitory action means its job is to somewhat calm things down after the day's excitement. So if serotonin, dopamine and norepinephrine are the excited children, then I often say that GABA's job is to shepherd them together when it's time to bed, time for bed. GABA influences an extensive array of mental health issues such as anxiety, stress regulation, circadian rhythm, memory enhancement, mood, perception of pain, and of course, sleep. So it's very important and it's so important that over 20% of all the neurons in your brain interact with GABA by design. So the brain is essentially set up, the neuronal system of the brain is basically set up to deal with GABA in quite a huge fashion. GABA exists in your diet via various foods such as white tea, tomatoes, soybeans, adzuki beans, and some fermented foods and probiotic strains such as Lactobacillus plantarum and Bifidobacterium adolescentis also help to create GABA naturally with your, within your body, which a lot of people don't know. And if you're interested in the types of probiotics that create neurotransmitters and influence the brain, these types of probiotics are called psychobiotics. And you can find out more about them by downloading the free ebook on psychobiotics and the brain to the right of any of the pages on philipwatkins.health. So that's philipwatkins.health. Just go on there and put your email in and you will get a free book about psychobiotics. But we're talking about sleep. And if you've had any problems with sleep or you've done any research into sleep, you may have heard of benzodiazepines, one of the common prescription drugs for sleep. Now, benzodiazepines work on GABA receptors. So for most, however, these drugs almost work too well. Now, benzodiazepines can leave people quite drowsy and unrefreshed in the morning. And reducing these side effects is where herbal and nutritional medicine can come in. In particular, the herb valerian or the Latin name valeriana officialis uh, has the most research currently. Now, my experience with valerian in the clinic somewhat reflects the evidence base. It works well for those experiencing mild sleep dysfunctions, but not so well for those living with sleep issues for an extended period of time. So there's a bit of a difference in the way valerian can help. Obviously, this is anecdotal, um, but in saying that, you'll probably always see valerian in, added to an over-the-counter sleep uh, and anxiety formula. And it is, for most who are experiencing some more mild symptoms, fairly uh, efficient at what it does. So there are two types of sleep disturbance valerian helps, and it does this by acting on one of the receptors to activate GABA production. So valerian helps to reduce the latency of sleep onset, or in English, helps you to get to sleep quicker. It also increases sleep quality. So as we've touched on above, the drowsiness that can often accompany pharmaceutical prescriptions for sleep is absent with valerian. Once systemic re systematic review that pulled together the results of 16 studies suggested valerian can improve sleep quality without producing side effects. So that's pretty positive. 16 studies there all pulled together have shown some good research for valerian. 
From another research standpoint, some consistency still needs to appear regarding the dose and the part of the herb used just to see exactly how effective it can be. Once again, from a clinical standpoint, however, I see valerian work well, especially when combined with other herbs, which the research corroborates. Now, a short, I guess, uh, side note to valerian use is two things. One is that valerian can actually have the opposite effect in some people. Now, this is relatively well known, but if, it, if you're a beginner and you're just looking at these herbs for the first time, then if you take valerian and it makes you feel more awake, that is a possibility. And it's a well-known side effect. It doesn't happen that often. I have seen it happen in the clinic. As I said, I've been doing this for a while. But don't be discouraged. There are other herbs. The other thing I would recommend when taking valerian with, uh, if it's your first time, is that it does take about three to four days to really get to its full potential. So you may not see the best results on day one and two, but stick with it and you might find that it works really well for you. Now, one of the herbs we often see together with valerian is passionflower, one of my favorite herbs. A study in 2010 confirmed that passionflower, or the Latin name Passiflora incarnata, has GABA as one of its prominent ingredients. So we're starting to see GABA pop up quite a lot. Not only does passionflower have a high amount of GABA, it also works on the same GABA receptor that valerian does. So double bonus there. It's easy then to see how passionflower has garnered a good reputation for its use in stress and anxiety. One review from 2017 found the passionflower also positively affects restlessness and depressive states. So restlessness obviously is a key part of sleep and passionflower can really help. Passionflower also has some fantastic research around its benefits in sleep. In a study with 40 people using passionflower in a tea, sleep quality had, significantly, uh, had a significantly better rating than placebo with the passionflower group. So from my point of view, one of the critical parts of this study, even although small in sample size, so 40 people, not the best, was the fact that these improvements in sleep occurred over just seven nights, suggesting a relatively short-term benefit for the for low-dose passion flower in a tea, which is super cool. So after the break, we're going to look at another famous tea that's way more potent than many initially thought. I wonder if you can guess what that tea might be, I'll tell you right after this break on Friends by Radio. Woo, time to take a break. Are you enjoying this episode of Free and Inspired Radio? There's no better time to take back your personal health sovereignty. If you want to connect with more free and inspired episodes, simply subscribe to your favorite podcast platform or visit the website at www.philipwatkins.health for more information. Let's get back to the show. Yes, yes. Welcome back to episode 40 of Free and Inspired Radio and our beginner's guide to herbal and supplemental options for sleep. Before the break, I mentioned we'd be looking at another famous tea to kick off the final segment of the show. Did you guess? It's chamomile. It's a pretty easy guess, to be fair, because chamomile tea is one of the world's most popular herbal drinks. Get this. 
with around a million cups consumed daily. Now, if you go to philipwatkins.health, you can have a look at all of the references for all of the episodes of Friend Inspired Radio. That's philipwatkins.health. There, that statistic, so a million cups of chamomile tea consumed daily was referenced. It came from a journal. I have no idea how they collated that result, and but hey, here we are. Chamomile tea is one of the most popular herbal drinks, of course, and this is always a fun conversation to have with patients, but I mentioned just before that a lot of people really don't understand the potential of chamomile tea because you are only getting half of the potential of its active ingredients when it's in warm or boiling water. Why? Now, the active ingredients from chamomile, or two of the active ingredients, bisabolol and shamazuline, in chamomile are both unstable in water. So this volatility means it's actually best to preserve them in an alcoholic tincture, similar to the way that we use herbs in a natural medicine clinic. So I'll just go over that again. Two of the active ingredients that make chamomile therapeutic, bisabolol and shamazuline, are actually unstable. So they may not actually be active in tea at all. And when you have it in an alcoholic extract or half water, half alcohol, which is generally how they recommend chamomile to be um, to be extracted, uh, you actually get quite a large bump in therapeutic benefit. So chamomile, in a randomized controlled trial this time, using a pharmaceutical grade extract instead of the tea, similar to, as I said, to what we employ in the clinic, found that long-term chamomile administration significantly reduced moderate to severe generalized anxiety, markedly lower than placebo. So this was a really great study for chamomile. One feature of this study was that the anxiety returned after some time, but was lower than previously measured, along with some bonus body weight and blood pressure benefits. And the body weight, I think, comes down to some of the effects that chamomile can have in the gut. Sleep-wise, chamomile's calming effects are highly beneficial for sleep. One clinical trial in the elderly population found that chamomile extract, so once again, not the tea, the extract, can significantly improve sleep quality over a 28-day period. So this is a little bonus in the podcast in the sense that I feel like this example of chamomile and the difference between the tea and the alcoholic professional extract if you like is quite different and it can it can really be quite glaringly obvious when you hear of chamomile tea being beneficial or chamomile in general being beneficial for sleep you go and get the tea and it doesn't necessarily work for you and you're like well chamomile doesn't work for me but then it's like well if you take the extract where it's got the correct you know balance between alcohol and water uh, you might find that it does have the effect that you thought it would. And this is really common with herbal medicine in that oftentimes dose, duration and administration with herbal medicine is incredibly important. So just a little side note there for all of the people who are listening who want to maintain their personal sovereignty do things for themselves and go out there and try and help themselves. Make sure that you're doing the right dose, the right duration with the right type of herb or the right way it's being preserved. Now, all of these herbs are great for those wanting to stay asleep, right? But how about help with getting to sleep? 
So we've covered some of the main herbs, but in the beginning I did say that we're going to look at some supplemental options. And if uh, if you haven't already, um, you may uh, may want to look at some of the other articles I've written um, uh, on philipwatkins.health, but also I've done a podcast episode about blood sugar as well. And I'm not going to really touch on those supplements in this episode, but you may know if you've heard the episode on blood sugar and sleep that I'm a, I treat blood sugar first oftentimes with sleep. But anyway, we're going back to herbal and supplemental options for sleep in this one. So you may remember early in the episode, we looked at how valerian seemed more effective when added to a formula with other herbs. As an insight, using combinations of herbs is how most herbal medicine is prescribed to patients. These combinations are now commonplace, of course, in supplemental formulas. We're also finding that researchers are looking into these combinations in studies as well. So we've introduced GABA quite a lot in the first part of this this show and how herbs can help it. But did you know that you can also take GABA supplementally? So for some people who are a little impatient or to be fair, desperate to sleep, sometimes GABA might be a good place to go. It's often my go-to when herbal medicine doesn't work, in fact. We've touched on GABA and how it works earlier, and evidence has shown some promise for helping people sleep when GABA is combined with an amino acid from green tea called L-theanine. Now, if you're new to L-theanine, it rose to popularity when brain studies found that it significantly increases alpha frequency activity, indicating that it relaxes the mind without inducing drowsiness. I'm just going to say that again. L-theanine relaxes the mind without inducing drowsiness because of its effect on the alpha frequency band in the brain. Now, that almost seems too good to be true. Calm and focused at the same time, it does seem like L-theanine delivers that. Another study also demonstrated that L-theanine reduces the stress response and associated anxiety whilst under psychological or physical stress. An interesting side note to this study that reflects L-theanine's real-world benefit is that it can reduce the increased heart rate associated with stress as well. And with so many of my patients experiencing heart palpitations along with some of their anxiety, L-theanine is a perfect option. Just on its own, L-theanine reduces sleep latency, so once again, the amount of time it takes to get to sleep, sleep disturbance, so waking up, and the need for sleep medication post-administration. So far in animal studies, the combination of GABA and L-theanine has been shown to be equally effective and more so in all of those things, sleep latency, sleep disturbance, and the need for further medication. So it's very interesting to see how those human studies, which I believe are happening to confirm dose and duration and to see if the combination of GABA and L-theanine is, uh, and the positivity in the animal studies transfers over to humans. So what do you think? There are multiple interventions to treat sleep, obviously, and this could be a very, you could do this for an hour, right? This whole, there's so much, there's so much nutrition, glycine, you name it. And you'll notice that we've stuck with some relatively simple options for the people out there who have just, you know, are new to using natural medicine. In this episode, we've looked at a, a, a very much a beginner's guide. As I said, a lot of the time when I encounter patients in the clinic, they prefer to try a natural medicine option before trying a pharmaceutical drug for sleep. 
Hence, this is why I've chosen herbs that somewhat work with the same GABA receptors as pharmaceutical interventions or, as you heard, GABA itself. Your options here, though, are safe and largely effective without undesirable side effects, and I very much hope they can help because, as we all know, when sleep falls apart, it's very difficult to get through your day in the way you want to. Before we finish this free and inspired radio episode, if you would love to hear more from me and get the word on new articles, podcast episodes and more, jump over to the website philipwatkins.health and join our community via the newsletter and sign up on the homepage. As I mentioned at the moment, you'll get a free ebook. Uh, about probiotics or psychobiotics and the brain. Your reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify help me get the word on the street. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, throw the video a like and subscribe to see when each new podcast is uploaded. As always, I'd like to send shouts to the show listeners who get this far. This show is about helping you find the freedom to feel inspired again. And I hope this episode gets you one step closer. Until next week, don't forget to take care of yourself and those around you. And we'll be back with episode 41 of Free and Inspired Radio next week. I hope you enjoy whatever you're doing this weekend or whenever you've listened to this. Have a great day. Bye. you made it to the end this show is all about you and we hope you finished this episode feeling one step closer to feeling free and inspired we'll be back next week but if you want to know more about philip please catch a digital flight to www.philipwatkins.health for further details about how we might be able to help in the meantime have a great morning afternoon or evening and we'll see you for another episode next week